Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end up one or two hours show to get the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Full with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates sweep their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What up, doe, everybody out there in Radio Land? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brother, B. Austin in the building. Jimmy the Blueprint will be with us in just a few. It's NBA All-Star Weekend, people, so we'll go hoops heavy with this episode. So make sure you keep it locked right here as we give our perspectives on everything going on in the NBA and far-reaching around the world of sports. But if you want to get in on the conversation yourselves, you know what to do. Make sure you sign up right now for the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Uh, shout out to Skyview, who's in the chat room right now, or join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about five minutes when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. Before we get started, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air that you check out archive episodes of our show at warroomsports.com, the War Room Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google, most other places you do your podcast listening. Shout out to all of our Brother and sister shows out there. Shout out to uh, the homies over at the Broad Street line. Roy and Chris, what up? Uh, our homies, you in the tape podcast. Uh, what up? Uh, the homie Aaron Nixon, mix it up. What up? <laughs> and everybody else affiliated with War Room Sports. B, what up, man? How you, how you doing on this love day, 2019? <laughs> I'm married. I'm married. Mm-hmm. Ain't no such thing. <laughs> you see, I'm on the air, don't you? <laughs> when you, that's when you single, ready to mingle, and you trying to figure out how you gonna hit three in a day. Never mind, yo. Um, <laughs> when you still trying to G, you still trying to GTD. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like trying to get the draw. <laughs> Yeah, well, what's up? How's your week been going so far? Man, it's all good. It's all good. Second week back in soccer training camp for my young boy. Uh, so we're excited about this upcoming season. Uh, he has a chance to play uh, or try out for um, ODP, which is the Olympic Development Program. He don't know that. But uh, we know that, and that's what's up, man. We we are, I guess, a little over twenty four hours away for the possibility of the government shutdown. I hear they're not going to let it happen this time, but you know, your president instead 
is going to be on his, you know, issuing a state of emergency joint for something that's obviously not a, an emergency if we've gone this long going back and forth about it. But um, we'll see what that holds, man. Prayers out there to everybody who were affected last time, and we hope that that people don't have to go through that again. No. But let's jump into – oh, wait, you want to say yeah. something about that real quick? I just want to say that the president is unreal. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. President Tannen, he do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. So, um, you know, at this point, you know, we're pretty much used to it. Uh, this is, like I always say, I think to run for, win, hold that office is an ego driven thing in itself. But I don't know if we've ever seen this type of an ego in the White House. Like, this dude takes it to a whole nother level. This whole wall thing is definitely, you know, it's a shrine to himself. A legacy my man ego, physical one. My man ego is so big, it's like having three people in office at once. <laughs> he, he, he like three presidents. Sound like some of Doc Bay homies. That's not fair. He like three presidents. All right, man. Let's get into what we here to do. Let's talk some sports, man. We got some hot topics for you guys. But before we do, gotta let you know that hot topics are brought to you by my bookie. For all you betting guys out there, are you degenerate gamblers? Say no, but let's talk real quick about how much money you guys can make betting on sports at my bookie. The NBA and NHL seasons are into their second halves. We're, we're, we're all-star breaking it right now, but we all know the all-star breaking NBA comes, you know, after the halfway point of the season. So if you haven't checked out my bookie, this is a great time to do just that. Lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports, even throw some dough out on, you know, some prop bets on the NBA and NHL all-star games. Um, join the war room and thousands of other online players based, placing bets at mybookie.ag. You tired of getting the runaround from all these other services when it's time to get paid? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay fast matches. Wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wages, wagers after the game start. Join now. My bookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. You heard it right. 100 Percent. Just use promo code WARROOM, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, all caps, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. All right. In, in NFL news, man, uh, Joe Flacco, um, terms of the deal hasn't, you know, they haven't been released because I, you can't even really make the trade official until, I believe, somewhere around March 13th. But Joe Flacco has been traded to the Denver Broncos. Thoughts on this real quick, man. Is this I pretty much hold the, the the opinion that, you know, besides getting lucky on Peyton Manning hurting the nerves in his neck so much that even Indianapolis let him loose. So besides getting lucky on those two years, I think the Denver Broncos and John Elway in particular has been, how should I say this? Failures at replacing John Elway himself. So all of these years between John Elway's retirement and now, 
I think the Denver Broncos have been shopping for a replacement to that legacy, and I think they've pretty much failed almost every time besides the, the lucky two years that they, you know, got Peyton Manning in the fold. That first year was great, but even the year that they ended up winning the Super Bowl, you know, that was led by the defense um, and not necessarily by great quarterback play. So what do you think of them grabbing Flacco <laughs> right now um, at, at this particular based age? On, based on what you just said, based on what you've just said, and I, I, I don't want to speak for you, so I'm, I'll reserve casting my uh, opinion of, of or what I believe your opinion to be. I think they're headed down that same trail of failure, the trail of tears, because I don't I, – I know what Flacco does in the playoffs with a, a good to very good defense behind him. I've seen him play very well a couple times. But in the regular season, yo, Joe Flacco is very close to mediocre. Very close to mediocre. And well, me, big me, I think that's how the, the pattern has trended in the last five, six, you know, five years or so. Like just averaging the regular season. Great. You can make it to the postseason. It's a weird mix, this guy here. And I don't, and I, you know what? I, I definitely love clutch play. I know your legacy and legends are, are made in the playoffs, case in point. We're sending Julian Edelman to the Hall of Very Good off of him catching passes on option routes from Tom Brady lined up against linebackers. I mean, I get it. But your regular season has to be weighted at least as important as playoffs, if not more so, because you play more of it. And so I've never really been impressed. I, I, I – Honestly, I, I think he's a two steps up on, on Blake Bortles. Well, maybe further than that, but, okay, Case Keenum has proven to be he shouldn't be a starter, so he's gone. I don't see Joe Flacco as really an improvement. What are, what are we doing? What are we trading for? What do yeah. you see in Flacco? Blake Bortles because the – trade market out there, you know, a lot of the quarterbacks that are expected to change teams this season include Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Tyrod Taylor, and and the likes. Um, Denver seemed to, you know, have pounced on Joe Flacco since we all know that Flacco has basically been replaced in Baltimore. But like you said, I don't know. I mean, but but see, this is the thing right here. Like you look at it as I look at it as failure just because, like, we know how desperately this team has searched for a quarterback in the last 10, 15 years, right? So they, they really Absolutely. can't get it right in the draft. You know, they they couldn't really get it right from free agency besides, the, again, I say, you know, you get a legend in Peyton Manning. You get lucky on that front. See, but that but then I look at things like this, like, okay, I know that Joe Flacco has it in him, but is that how you want to go into the season? Especially, you know, the team just kind of wasted another good year from its defense, not being able to do much on the offensive side of the ball. So it's like, do you, 
you know, do you waste this trade going in saying, well, like, I know if Flacco gets hot or Flacco does this. I mean, he, I guess he does have a huge chip on his shoulder right now, and I guess he would be playing to prove something. But I don't know. This just doesn't move the needle for me. It, it's, it's hit or miss because we do know, like you said, we know what he can do, what he is capable of. So it's pretty much hit, hit or miss. Flacco's 34 years old. To be capable of. Yeah, he's 34 years old. Um, there's no more guaranteed money on the big contract he signed. Um, it carries a base salary of $18.5 million for this season coming up, $20.25 million, um, $20.25 million in 2020, and $24.25 million in 2021. So, like I said, it carries no more guaranteed money, so there's really – there's no guarantee that Flack, you know, he could go in the training camp, stink it up, and still get cut. And I don't believe they would be on the hook to to pay him anything. But with that contract, if he does indeed make the team after the trade, like I said, we don't know the, the you know what this trade was for. Um, they'll have to pay him a, a pretty hefty salary coming up. Um, unless they plan on. I mean, that else that they're going to bring into camp, I don't see anything on the roster that can beat him out. So I think it's fairly safe to assume he's going to make the roster. So he's in for a decent shake. Um, but this, this goes back to what we always talk about with quarterbacks and quarterback play. You know, you've got at the top, right? So we could talk icon, legend, elite, and we could split hairs. But for the sake of this conversation, let's just lump them all into elite. You've got four elite guys that no matter what system they're in and no matter what situation, we believe their arm talent and ability can, can, that can be relied on to win football games. Then you've got the next tier below that. These are good guys. Some games they can carry a team, but probably not for a whole season. And then you've got the rest. And the rest range from game manager to – bummed them, and there's just not a lot of quarterback talent out there where if you don't put them in the ideal situation, meaning they have a running game, they have defense, they got two receivers, they can make plays and catch it more like, outside of like, there aren't a lot of good to very good quarterbacks out there like, there, there just aren't. Yeah. Alright, well, moving on. In the NFL, uh, safety Eric Reed he signs a new three-year deal um, with the Panthers. Uh, his extension, uh, I think, his extension was um, he's slated to make more than twenty-two million dollars with ten million dollars in guarantees over the life of this three-month, uh, three-year contract. Um, like and he believes that 30. it's a fair market. Or three, he three years, it's thirty-three. Fair. What'd you say? It's like three years, $33 million, or three years, $38 million. I forget the number, but it's one of those two, I think. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I'm not even counting the, the stuff he's not guaranteed to get right now. So let's just say, you know, he's guaranteed to make um, – Made more than $22 million on this deal. Um, he he also said 
the contract now if you understand this you would have to explain this to me he says the contract proves his point from last year that the NFL owners colluded against him I'm not saying that there was no collusion involving him nor you know Colin Kaepernick obviously but I don't understand him saying that this contract proves collusion. You have like any insight on what he's talking about? Yeah, I, I've had a couple conversation about conversations about this. His feeling is that his feeling is that when he was at his prime or absolute best, he couldn't get a job for standing with Cap. Now he's back in the league, and obviously he would probably argue that he's still at his best, but the numbers would say otherwise, and he gets this big deal. And when you look at the stats, he was actually ranked as like the 54th ranked safety in the NFL. So you're paying him all of that money now when he was cut because of standing with Kaepernick, he was a top – 15 safety and a pro bowler. Uh, so his, his point, which, which didn't make a lot of sense in layman's terms. So you would have to read very deeply into this, but I, I get, I, I think I get where he's going. He's like, I'm, okay, so now I'm you're willing now. to pay me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reading it now. And he says, nothing has changed. I'm still the same player. So it is along the lines of what you're saying. So he's basically saying they wouldn't sign me, you know, when I was producing this much. I come back week four, um, and then I, I pretty much produce in the same way. I'm the same player, and now all of a sudden I'm getting a three-year extension. So this proves that right. people – see, I, I don't know. I still don't think I, – I get what he's trying to say. I still don't right. think it's total proof of – No, no, no. I don't think it's – I don't think it's proof. I think we get what he's trying to say. I think he's doing a bad job of saying. Right. Now, in 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 all actuality be, I don't think that um I personally don't think 32 teams actually got together and colluded against Colin Kaepernick myself. I think that there's an understanding out there that you know, there's a lot of owners who have a certain ideology and they probably wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot uh, pole. And I believe that's a lot of the, the, the owners out there in the league. I think there's another contingency of teams where it's not necessarily that, that they're against them, but they're probably weighing risk versus reward. And they're wondering, even if we brought him in as a backup, because we know every time a third-string quarterback gets signed, we're all saying, well, he's not better than Kaepernick. But you you also have to think from another perspective. Like, do you want your third string or your second string quarterback to be the biggest point, you know, point of news on your team? Do you want to have to answer questions about your backup quarterback all the time? I'm not saying it's cool or it's fair. I'm just saying I, I just don't think that all 32 teams got together and say we are not going to give this guy a job. And it's the it's kind of the same for Eric Reed which is why somebody was willing to jump out there and, and grab him. Like, look, we need a safety. So it's whatever, you know what I'm saying? His, you know, his news story isn't going to be as big as if we sign Colin Kaepernick himself. 
And there were teams that kicked the tires on Colin Kaepernick. We know that, Baltimore, a couple other teams. And they ended up not signing him for whatever reason. You know, maybe they were part of collusion. Maybe they were part of this contingency that I view as just nervous and afraid to be the ones to step out there. Or maybe they were just teams that, you know, did it to look like they weren't a part of either one of these groups. But it, it's, um, it's a weird story. I always I think, wonder what, like, is, uh, I guess they're they're really cool, so I guess Cap is cool with him, you know, signing a deal, playing in the league, and all of that kind of stuff. It's just it's what it's just weird to me because, like I always say, we never hear from Colin Kaepernick really. So I don't know what he's good with at this point. Um, I think it's a bit of both. I think at owners' meeting, I think there is perhaps a group of owners that have had conversations, that have delved into this. I believe that. I also believe that I believe that what is understood doesn't have to be explained. And when you subscribe to the same culture, and the NFL has a culture, when you subscribe to the same culture, it's easily to implicitly communicate expectations and things that should be understood without blatantly coming out and saying it. And so with right. that being said, if you understand, they came to an understanding without having to sit around a round table like some Illuminati and discuss. They didn't have to do all of that. They're already a part of a culture, and that culture is such that what Colin Kaepernick was doing and what he stood for is contrary to that group of ownership and their culture. So it didn't take a whole bunch of conversations. They just knew. They understood. Listen, this guy... You already know he doesn't stand for what we stand for. And so, listen, guys, do the right thing. And so, in a lot of Do you think there's any validity to the other perspective that I said? Because obviously, Scott, you in the chat room, he didn't hear nothing I said. He said, Kaepernick, my Raiders have A.J. McCarron as a backup. Yeah, there's some collusion going on. But at the same time, A.J. McCarron as your backup versus Colin Kaepernick as your backup. Nobody's ever going to talk about A.J. McCarron. Nobody in the yeah, locker room is no, ever going to have to I'm, answer questions about A.J. McCarron. I'm not finding A.J. McCarron never going to be in the newspaper. So that, that's what I'm saying. Like, from that perspective. Yeah, you, if Colin Kaepernick is at, on your team, whether he's third strength, Colin Kaepernick could be practice squad, and he's going to get the most press immediately on your team. Like, they're going to be there for him. So that's easy easily understood. Listen, we don't want that type of news, that type of attention. Um, and so it's easily understandable. Even players, B, even players mm-hmm. who will go on record and say, oh, no, I don't mind being, you know, it's not a distraction to be asked about this stuff. We know what they say publicly versus what they say privately. You know what I'm saying? And we've known some players in our day to be like, yo, I'm tired of answering questions about such and such. I understand my teammate had a domestic abuse thing and how to answer questions about him every week. We know how players really feel sometimes. 
they don't speak what they really feel. So I was I was just wondering if that plays a part for some teams. All right, yo, yo, um, you know, I'm, I'm 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 late to the party, so I don't know uh what y'all perspectives are. But are we still debating whether it's conclusion or not? Um, well, we because we were saying that Eric Reed he said his contract proves his point that there was collusion. My perspective was, I believe that you know there are a lot of owners who probably you know had an agreement, had a wink wink agreement, had this. But I also think that there's probably a contingency of teams out there who was just afraid. Like if you're looking for a backup quarterback per se. Like, there's a lot of teams who are probably like, no, I just can't deal with the distraction and the media circus over my backup. You know what I'm saying? And then I, I, mean, I think that, that, there's that's other probably, teams that's who may have kicked the tires on him, like Baltimore, who may have just been doing that to act like they weren't one of these teams to lose. I don't know. Well, here, and the other thing, though, a lot of people are going to use that as an excuse when they really – when they really are just like trying to keep him away, but here, here's the crazy part. The crazy part is, um, I don't doubt that either. It's sort of like it, um, I think it has to be a valid perspective for somebody. Yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, that that was that was what they said about Michael Sam, right? Teams were using that excuse for Michael Sam as well. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, the fact of the matter is, when you don't have any sort of control or a real at the table, doesn't matter what they do. Because if we look at this from the perspective of like um, take 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 fighting for and all that out of it, if you look from a union perspective, you're being pooped on again. Like their their union gets bullied and has been getting bullied since the 70s. You're talking about someone who um you know talent wise should be in the league and is not in the league now. All those other things aside, your union is getting bullied again. Where's the union at on this? But they've continually gotten bullied. Yeah. Yeah. They've uh, consistently had the weakest union in the league. His masses, like he's just a plant to me. He's just a plant from the owners. But my my perspective, Jimmy, what was was this? What has what what is understood doesn't have to be spoken. And mm-hmm. I believe I believe that ownership in the NFL they are a part of a culture where they don't really have to sit around like a group of Illuminati, they're already subscribed to a culture where things are implicitly understood. So a whole lot of speaking words or communication doesn't even need to happen because, listen, no, this is I agree with that. of what we agree to and believe in. Hence the reason there are no black owners in the NFL because they know that those people from a cultural, cultural perspective come from a different vantage point and, and, and wouldn't subscribe to some of what they believe in. I agree with you. And, and, and it's not even just like, um, you know, every race, race is always an issue, right? You know, salute the Cornell West for that. But race is always an issue, but they're just not even as progressive, even with the, even with the, um, the young white guys they bring in, they still have that like, you know, mentality. They're not even a progressive organization overall. Um, but you know, they're 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 slow to embrace a lot of things in the NBA. Even though you still don't have a lot of black owners, they're a more progressive league. And I mean, that may have yeah. also something to do with who pays their bills too, though, because you know they also study their demographics and they know who butters their bread. Because here's the, here's a funny fact, right? Here's a funny fact. You really think about this. 
the power isn't in us watching. The power is with the players. If every black person that watches the NFL stopped watching the NFL, they're still going to make doesn't it won't even like it won't matter. We're the minority when it comes to watching the NFL. But let every black player yeah, stop, decide they don't want to show. That's when you'll see change. That's when you'll see change. You'll see change of every black that, player because that's where the power is. That's one million. I mean, that's why I'm always confused about this situation. Because, you know, performers and, you know, halftime performers and fans and all of these people got to ask Colin Kaepernick and Nessa's permission to watch the game or perform at the game. But, you know what I'm saying, there's no unity. With, I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm, you know, expecting anything like that. Because dudes work their whole lives and a lot of them can only do one thing well in life. And to sacrifice that, a lot of people are are just not ready for that. But like Jimmy said, that's the only way that the needle was ever going to be moved in this situation. But the NFL did, you know, and one of its teams did show again what's important in this life because the Cleveland Browns signed uh, uh, Kareem Hunt this past week. So again, again, the league is showing that, you know, the safety, you know, a flag, is 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 in a in a song is way more important than the safety of women, um, of which Yo. they said something a few years ago like forty nine percent of NFL fans are women, and they're showing them just how much they care about them because you can video toxic. beating up a chick too much toxic. But as long as you but you know what crazy part yeah about shout out to Terry Crew but but as long you know as long as you stand yeah, if you if you don't stand for the flag that. Worse, you can't get back in the league. But but here's here's what's interesting is there wasn't as big of a backlash as I thought it would be. It really wasn't anything. Um, there was no like no um mute Kareem Hunt hashtags or anything. There were no no uh, new hashtag creators that came out of it. It's it's getting to the point where it's expected. It, it, it's the expected. And you know what, man, Jimmy? I think I think it's human nature to also judge the severity of a situation. Like Kareem Hunt. Went crazy, did the wrong thing, but truthfully, and I'm not saying I'm condoning it. I'm just saying what human nature is and what people are probably thinking. Like that woman probably left that scene unscathed, no injuries. Whereas people saw Ray Rice just straight up deck his wife, and it was way more That's horrific toxic. for everybody who witnessed. No, you being toxic. You, know I mean? you being yeah. toxic, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not being toxic. I'm just I'm explaining toxic methodology is what I'm doing. I'm just explaining right. what these people think, and and as women included though, because like you said, they could have carried this the way they carry everything else. They could have roofed Kareem Hunt like they roofed everybody else. But I think the women who who judge this as well are probably in the back of their minds subconsciously. Looking at the severity or lack of severity in this situation, now they're gonna be mad at me now. I believe I put them. I believe that at a certain level, we can talk. We can talk all of this me too, and it, and it's actually refreshing and it's a good thing to see. But Y'all people too. who are people who are typically used to being in a certain position, particularly in a press position, they get used to that. They get used to that position. That's why. We'll never see the the players take a stand in mass with Colin Kaepernick, even though they're the ones with the power. It's just like the slaves on the plantation. 
they didn't realize that if you lead the uprising, there's far more of y'all than there are overseers and plantation owners. But and the only and the thing is, B, it would probably position. only take one week. Everybody refused to come out the tunnel one week. Yes. <laughs> They have they have something in place the next week where everything's more fair. Cap is back in the league. And listen, <laughs> like, listen. Cap like but, and listen. But here's, like, here's the crazy part. Cap like Chris Long would be with it, but you have too many Floyd Mayweather's in the NFL. Just like no, nah, I ain't doing <laughs> it. Yo, yo, we can't even boycott a uh, we can't even boycott a luxury clothing brand. So how are we gonna do that, right? How are we gonna boycott the league? That's paying exactly. the luxury brand. The lu- the luxury brand's not even paying don't you. Even You're paying them. Well. You still can't boycott. But so you so yeah. you want to yeah. tell me to boycott my check? I'm getting three hundred thirty five thousand a week. You know what I'm just saying? Like, but we can't like your man. somebody that we have to pay for. It. But just like but, your you man know, Trump it, it, talking it, about government workers want this wall. They're they're happy to sacrifice their checks. Please. <laughs> who, who you ask? He, just, Yo, but, um, yeah, he tried to Brody a boycott. Like, come on, dog. Yeah, but, but um, Austin, Austin made a point that you know about oppressed people and, and and how they how they um maneuver and get used to it, and and that's kind of the issue. The issue has never been you know in the words of the Panthers, the power is in the people, and the power is always in the people. But the the problem is organizing. Who can organize that, right? The and people, the people ask. You have a culture. You you talk a culture like Austin also put up a point that the owners have a culture where it ain't even got to be said. We we on we we got we we doing this and we don't got to say nothing. We we can't get to that point, right? And I, I call this I got a theory. I call this like the um I don't like to say this too much because I ain't trying to get a, a followed or nothing. But it's like a you got to move like ISIS or Al Qaeda, man. Like they move hey, the same like, man. No, they, are the feelings? No, listen. And listen. of one. No, 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 no. Listen to what I'm saying, though. People, what I'm saying this. Pete Gang. What I'm saying is, they move a certain way where it doesn't matter if you stop one. They're you can't beat them. Right. It's like it's like the Viet Cong, right? The reason they kick the reason they kicked our ass is because you, when when they when they move in a certain way and they have a certain belief system, Power. you can't beat them. Yeah, I mean, and then it's also you know it's also the, the service, the age, the the level of play, because at this point, you know, Colin Kaepernick, you know, he had a decent showing the last time we saw him, but he's not anything the league needs, so they can roof him. Ray Rice was past his running back prime when he punched his wife in the face, so they can roof him. They don't need him. Kareem Hunt is. Probably hadn't even touched his prime yet. They still I mean, need Kareem Hunt, so I, you let I him do it. Let, let, let Patrick Mahomes. I wish he had the guts. Let Patrick Mahomes kneel for the flag. I guarantee you, Patrick Mahomes won't be colluded against. So yeah, it, it, you know what? I don't, once they use you up, I, and I, I, I think you. you know what? I, I, that's an interesting point because I don't think that I think that one of the powerful things about the NFL is I don't think anybody is above their shield, right? Not one player. Right, so I think even if we take a Patrick Mahomes or we take a Drew Brees or even a Tom Brady, I think the league is move on just fine. I think the NBA, the players have a little bit more power, um, and they, you know yeah. they may lose that too. But but there's certain cats in the league that it's just not going to work without. Like the, there That's are the NBA fault the too. NBA. The NBA, like damn, yeah, we marketed these players all this year, and now they're bigger than us. We got to. Uh... Yeah, yeah, but the NFL is like it's about to <laughs> listen. This country loves football so much that that new league that just dropped, their ratings were doing better than basketball. 
like because the funny thing is, Jim, the there's reports out there that, that like a lot of like, some NFL owners have approached Adam Silver about being the commissioner of their league. So are they doing that because of his progressive approach? Or you I know what I'm saying? Because you can't expect one thing to bring Adam Silver in. He totally. Here's what I can say about here's what I can say about Adam Silver, right? What I can say about Adam Silver, the reason they probably approached him is because I read about Adam Silver in Fortune and Forbes as much as I do any sports magazine because Adam Silver gets that quan. He makes sure owners in the NBA get quan. They ain't even doing the numbers that football got, and them owners is making hand over fist. Adam Silver know how to get yeah, that break. Yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little bit. Think about and you know, as, as, as yeah, much as NFL print money. As much as they as do. much as so, we so want to say, they print, they print money. Even they even, print money Jim, with, with even when we not even when we not drinking Pepsi, they print money in the NFL. Yo, they print uh, money when Goodell or nothing. Like Goodell hasn't done anything ahead, revolutionary or, or or anything that um to kind of change. He's just basically riding the ship. Like yeah, he that's came true. In, he, he got he got he got advertisements on the jerseys. He sold he sold the whole minor league to like Gatorade like. He got there like Adam Adam Silver Adam Silver has figured out the formula to allow a a African American male dominated sport enough leeway to feel like, you know, when they want to put some hoodies on or when they want to get up on a stage and say some poetical words, we'll let them cool and we'll let them bring a little bit more of their hippity hoppity music into the fold. <laughs> but we still them in line and they won't do anything radical so the nfl realizes that it's a little antiquated and they're they're actually analyzing i think i think i think i think think you're being a little too harsh so i know they 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 analyze nike analyze nike they saw the bet that nike made and the win and tide that's coming for nike so the NFL realizes it's adapt or die. So we've got to adapt a stance that at least gives the perception that we're a little bit more progressive than we've been in the past. There's no more – There's the days of Gerald Jones being able to say, stand on the gun line, I'm your boss, are coming to a close. But you still can maintain that culture interior, on the interior because you're not going to let any of those major players – grab any of that wealth. And they're trying to figure out how to deal with LeBron because eventually LeBron's coming for a franchise and he may be a little bit too much for them. So they gotta they're gonna they're gonna try and get him under thumb. But in the NFL, they ba- they basically control it. Listen, you wanna own an NFL franchise, you better really say you want to make America great again. Like you gotta be damned. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold up though. I just wanna put out, I just wanna put out a point, right? I want to put out a point because I think that we joke about, like, you know, um, the whole hoodie thing and all that. But I think historically that's going to be looked at a lot bigger than what we're giving, giving it credit for now. Because some of the some of the um, the, the ways, the condescending ways in which you say that are the same things that the pundits said um, about the Olympics uh, when our brothers put, they, put their fists up. They, they talked about it the same way. But historically, Jimmy, that was in the grand scheme of things. In 2019, though, we still looking at the Klan making a comeback, fascism going strong, and black men getting Absolutely. killed by the Pope the same way. So, in the grand but, scheme but, of things, all those, all, the, all those things, all those things were in play then too. Though, Austin, what I'm saying is, all those things were in play then too. But, but how we look at that moment is is a little bit different than what we're looking at this now because we're living through it, right? 
Right. I think a lot of moments That's, that we're living through, we don't appreciate because we're living through it, right? At the time, I'm, I'm, black I'm and saying black people that, alike. But that moment is a beautiful artistic moment that captures the movement. But the reality is it wasn't the precipice of change. We didn't go over a cliff and experience some Listen, revolutionary I'm not from say, it. I'm not saying it is. I'm not yeah, saying they, it is. But I'm saying with, with, with the NBA players are doing ungodly. What I'm saying is, yeah, like, I, I listen, if you read the book, like, that, that, after that, it got nothing at all bad. But my point is, mm-hmm. um, what you're saying, it didn't really change anything, no, but, but it did capture it. I think that that's what we're living through now. Those moments will be captured, too, because we can say what we can say, but we, there are more people that have, um, you know, become active politically, socially, right? Oh, so so if I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that we don't really understand the weight of that hoodie moment and what they did, right? And I would turn no, back no. on you. We really don't understand the weight of who we have in office right now and what that really means. I mean, we didn't understand who we had when Nixon was in office either. His history told us that, right? So what I'm saying is when you live through the moments, you really can't see it one way or the other until you're able to reflect back on it years later. Because Here's the thing, man. Like, it takes guts to do any of that. Even, even though you know, we we want to like joke about them, and it's funny. Like, you know, you know, everybody can get these jokes, but it's listen. I've been I've been to places now where they play the national anthem, and I don't stand up and sit, and it's like people stare at you. So I can only imagine, you know, um, some of these players do like. Never, yeah, you've been to whatever it happened. Since this happened, it's, it's kind of crazy, right? Did that like, way before cat. <laughs> Now, but no, no, that's you my point. My point is, my point is now you, doing it. You scared? Of yeah, now you gotta watch it. Throw a rock at your head. I'm like, yo, I never, I never stood up, not because I was being revolutionary, because I'm a lazy man. But uh, I'm just saying, like, but now, but but now it's different. Now cats are staring at you, like you gonna get up? And I'm like, no, like you know what I mean? Like, what is it gonna be? But but so what? My whole point is, like, um. Dudes are young dudes too, so they do it. I just think that when we look back, it's going to be looked a little bit different. I mean, they still won't get these jokes, but I think we'll be looked at different because I, I'm just putting like a, you know, um, what happened in the Olympics, and, and you, when you reflect on it, what was said then. A lot of our people at the time said they stupid, that bread. They should have ran and got that bread, got that sponsorship bread. But then as time passed, it started like you know when they came back home, like Dev said, they were ostracized by their own people. A lot of people look crazy, but as time passed, same thing with Muhammad Ali. People love Muhammad Ali now, but no one, no one wanted to be Muhammad Ali in the sixties. He was ostracized and treated like garbage. But history has like a way of changing. People trying to tell him to conform. They was trying to make him yeah, conform. Yeah, history has right, a way of changing things. That's all I'm saying. Let's go to the phone lines because um, Tobias in the chat threatening everybody. <laughs> We got Tobias on the lines from Arizona. What's up, Tobias? Roll right. damn tigers. Glad you got. Hey, I'm glad y'all threatened me because I was gonna send J- Jimmy's uh, new game queen on pictures of him googling over there. Uh, I'm kidding, but uh, on that yacht, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he on that yacht around here like with his Kyrie jersey on. But uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> what? Right, Kyrie. I'm gonna be a boy on a yeah. yacht. <laughs> but. You know, I heard like a couple of quick things. Uh, I like the NBA, for example. Everybody keeps talking about the Lakers fired Luke Walton. I'm like idiots. He knows like 25 games left in the season. 
Brian Shaw, what the hell Brian Shaw going to do? The team was doing fine till LeBron got hurt, Lonzo got hurt, we heard defensively, and Rondo got hurt. And uh, and now LeBron's the only ball, real ball handler and, guy, and they say the offense right now. I'm just like people going crazy just to go crazy, and they weren't winning the chip anyway. Let's see what these guys have and just roll with it. And if you don't want to bring back Luke next year, fine. But firing him now is not going to change anything, in my opinion. I agree. And by the way, I, just, I was just watching like Hulu. I think Brian got a new TV show coming out on Hulu. Like basketball, his second <laughs> job. Hey, you, you know basketball is LeBron. You remember when was in high school they had that co-op? Was he taking? Remember basketball? Remember in high school we had that co-op where you go to high school half the day, then go to your job the rest of the day. That's LeBron. Uh, <laughs> Yo, basketball's a second job. Second, no, nah, basketball, LeBron, third job, man. He got, he got at least two jobs. It's funny because I don't know if you guys remember that, but when he yeah, first signed, the sports I, agent, I, 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 Robin, and, Robin got mad at me. I was like, yo, um, he ain't coming here for basketball reasons. Like, so who cares? <laughs> he ain't coming here for something else, man. Now, yo, it's LeBron, Spring Hill, LeBron while the Lakers were in Philadelphia and, and, and LeBron played in this game, but while they were in Philadelphia preparing for the game, LeBron took a private jet to Charlottesville, Virginia, <laughs> to watch Zion Williamson play. That's a straight up agent move. Process. That's a scout move right there. Like, you have a yeah, game. He's trying to get him on clutch. So LeBron is a producer. LeBron is an agent. And then LeBron is finishing out his basketball career. Yo. But that's why B. Austin said, B. Austin said, that's why they're going to find a way to get him. They're not going to let him succeed in L.A. for that reason. Because Brian, uh, yo, this boy is a, well, he's in, like, like Jim Bain said, like, you know, maybe it's a good move for him. Like, we all know LeBron's his agent. Yo, he's, <laughs> he's, he's getting too much power. They're going to have to put him in place, man. You know, you got, you guys remember the, uh, in the book, but also the movie, in the Malcolm X book, when uh, he showed up at the police station and he pointed his finger and they all walked away. Right. And said, man, that's too much power for one man to have. That's what they're gonna hey, say. That's too much power one hand. They're gonna get it. they're gonna straighten him out. I gotta make a basketball <laughs> point before y'all talk before I get on LeBron and his uh like ownership. Actually like yo your sixth the other night, my dad was cussed at the T V because he said Joe L M B get your big bl- blankety blank ass in the post. Uh <laughs> the thing is I think what happens when he talk about, hey, your center gotta shoot threes, is that no, it's just having the ability to do it. It doesn't mean you got to be, you know, Dirk out here, <laughs> you know, yeah. because he took, he took because eight three that night against the Celtics. Man, he man he's one of the best. Did, po- yes. And, uh, and my thing is, it's okay to be able to, but when you shooting that many and you have that great a skill 15 feet in, you're taking away your greatest God-given skill which could put big man in foul trouble and is making your team easier to defend, in my opinion. And hurting your rebounder if you want to camp out like you do with Ryan Anderson. We, we know. We you know. Jo- jo- Joel's problem is he's we too know. good. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let him, don't hey, let him uh, make an early three. Because he if he make an early three, it's over. He's right board the rest yeah. of the game. Oh, for the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and y'all was talking about, like, uh, like LeBron ownership. I hope he gets a team. And I think he'll be able because the money he's made over the career, over the, the money he made was better than what the money Jordan made because, you know, the times and things like that in the CBA. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So I think he may be able to get his hands on a more profitable franchise if come to it, plus with his boys getting on and having these connections. But I want the people out there to understand something of how this system is. When we get into ownership, we always pay at a premium for obvious reasons that we know about. Black tax. Yep. Black tax. For instance, for instance, Jerry Ryan store for the Bulls, man, I hope someone find a picture of a black face or with a gay guy or something, saying N-word or something. Get him out of there. But he bought the Bulls for $3.5 million. Damn, and now he could probably sell for 4 or $5 million. 4 or $5 billion, I'm sorry. And, uh, and so that in the in yeah. the seventies in the seventies teams is going for a couple hundred grand, cause <laughs> yep, like and, buying a house. And, and that's the thing. And, and, and that's, that's, that's that what like Trump. Yeah, and look at Donald Sterling. He bought the Clippers with twelve million, I think, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I think that yeah, and I think that like now, but I think LeBron will get a team. Hell, I think LeBron will go on the Cleveland Cavaliers because Dan Gilbert gonna want to get off of it. And uh. And I and I hope he does because he has that visible black face, probably the most popular players ever, one of the best players ever, who has a lot of influence. And let's just hope that when he gets that ownership spot, hey, let's get some brothers in coaching and GMing because Michael did. People say the one about Mike. Yeah, he had he hired a bunch of black coaches and GMs <laughs> and put people special spots. And that's the trash one. At least they got the chance to fail. That's what I'm saying. But no, yeah. but you know what? No, no. To your point, Tobias, and I'm about to give George props. Uh, you know, somebody record this. But um, to your point, he did do that. But that's the idea. That's like it's funny we have these conversations because that whole book, the forty million dollars, like two decades ago, whenever it came out, it discusses all this. It discusses all this back then, and it talks about. You don't matter how much I pay you as a player until you get in positions of power and you started like actually employing people, it's a whole different ball game. And people tend to hire people that look like them, right? So, which is why you need representation. You need more people in management. You need more people as owners so the league can be diverse and you can actually, you know, employ your own people. So Mike has give them opportunity. I mean, they've all failed them, but I mean, Mike has given people opportunity. <laughs> Hell, hey, speaking of failure, you seen the coaches the Bulls are hired since Phil Jackson? <laughs> so, hey, all those white boys fail. Hell, even Mike, Bill Cartwright fail. Hey, his homies, hey, homies were like 2.1 grade point average. What about all the but, coaches they hired? What about all the coaches they hired before Phil Jackson? I keep telling you the Bulls are a Trump franchise. Yeah. They caught, they caught, yeah, but they caught, they got lucky. They got lucky with Mike and if y'all had y'all run, enjoy it, love it. But, you know, for the most part, you know. Yeah, the only thing I hate is that the, the Bulls, they could probably sell their team for four or five billion right now, and they run it like, like they're the Pelican. Don't let Big Marcus flex that? on you like that, man. Don't let Big Marcus flex on you like that, Listen, listen, though, Tobias, honestly, like, Tobias, it could be worse, though. Y'all could be the Knicks, because I think the Knicks are worse than anybody. <laughs> yeah, actually, but listen, because the Knicks talk like they had a run like the Bulls, and they never did. <laughs> like, <laughs> they had a run of forty years. Every time the Knicks get a player, they be like, "The yeah, Knicks are back." Six back. back to what? Like, no, the, the, Knicks the Knicks got Willis Reed's knee. That's it. That's their title. Hey, at least and we also had the D Rose year too, where he got hurt. But the thing is, though. 
but you know the thing is, that's why I, I'm like all the time. It's like, yeah, it's a black person owning something. It's nice. People can see. That's what I like about LeBron, where he got his boys, his friends he grew up with. He trusted them and put them in position. Because you're right. Yeah. You're right, Jimmy. Because let's just be honest here, guys. We can have all the degrees we want, the certifications we want, but who's doing the hiring most of the time? Not black people yeah. most of the time. Yeah. And so. Yeah. There's a new Newsweek yep. story with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The, head, the heading says, the headline says, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, LeBron James is bigger than the GOAT debate. He's our hero for our time. It's from, yeah, from because, you know what? But a lot, a lot of that has nothing to do with hoops, though. It's, it's everything else we're saying. Like this. Yo, he's calling me Maverick Carter. Sits on, Maverick sits on the board of, of a Fortune 500 company. Dog. His homie sits on the board of a Fortune 500 company and has equity in it. Like, who put their people in? I don't, like, I'm telling you, like, he, we um, joke all the time in the thing, like, who, who's the, uh, who played the best friend role the best? Is it uh, Gail King or Maverick Carter? Because they neck and neck in terms of who parlayed the best friend role the best. But, no, it's Maverick. You know, it's Maverick. Maverick got the bread now. Listen, Maverick got that job. Boy, next, Maverick do that for the next 30, 40 years. But, you know, and, and, and I respect that about LeBron is that he got his people on. And, and you know what? I think he learned. Tobias. Tobias, it's definitely Maverick because all Gail King is is Oprah's real boyfriend. Like, she Maverick ain't lying. Is <laughs> doing, doing a lot more. Yo, man, y'all going to stop disrespecting my hero, Stedman, man. Stedman is my heroes, man. But, yo, nah, Stedman got his own bread, too. Yeah, but uh, you got to respect LeBron for that, though, man. You, you got to. And, and, and I like that. And, and, and you know, the other thing I got to say this also, I know you guys got to run. All that wealth he's accumulated, the outside of basketball, he put his friends on. And what, and whenever he leaves his earth, that's going to go to his wife, his black wife, and his black children. And that's just something that mm-hmm. I think is great also. Bias, are you giving LeBron props? Like, this, this is our guy. What's going on here? Even the sun somebody shines on dog's line. ass every now and then. Somebody get, somebody get caught on the line. What's going on? Hey, huh? hey, but, uh, hey, when, but, AI, when but, AI dies, it's going to go to a black wife and black kid. Oh, this is a little different. My bad. Yeah, and, and, and that, those are things that I like to be, you know. Uh, and, you know, and, and I, what, what he's doing – I like that because he's more than an athlete in a way, no, no pun on the title, where it's like Kaepernick, for example. <laughs> I post that in the group chat. I post that in the group chat, like, white, like, I saw Whitlock is mad. And, like, every time it's on Kaepernick, and then, like, these white people that bring on be like, whoa, how do you know you want to play football? But it's like LeBron doesn't have to beg. He, he waited till he got the bread right and all that stuff. He, You know, you play the game. Kaepernick doesn't have to beg for an NFL job. He got his money. He did his. He did well with his money, and I think that's a lesson also that these other black male athletes should take. That get yourself a position where if they do try to blackball you, or whatever, or try to come at you, they can't touch you financially, and that really pisses them off. Well, let me ask you guys a question. I'll three y'all quick. If you're a Catholic, would you want to play? Like, would you want to go out there and give yourself nope. brain damage, or would you, would you rather just sit back? And whether whether right or wrong, be considered a hero, uh, sportsman of the year. People are comparing you to Muhammad Ali, and you don't have to worry about like killing yourself. 
Why would you want to Jimmy play? Jimmy and I ask this question all the time, man. I'm so confused about this thing. I still I'm still trying to get into the league. I'm still trying to play. We always hear these rumored reports every once in a while that a team called and he might go visit with the team or something like that. I have not heard this dude say once that he wants to get back into the league. Well, sure, Kaepernick yeah. doesn't exist. Kaepernick might not even exist somewhere. Somewhere else I haven't seen. Weekend Kaepernick's hanging with Tupac. Nothing than Murphy more. Right? Hey. Well, he's hanging with Tupac right now. Eric Reese said he's living in the compound. All right. Eric Reese said he's living in the it's compound. So it'll right. work, man. But, wait, but <laughs> I'll say this real quick. Ball. I got to run. But I have a yeah. question real quick. I think him playing, like, he's in that position now where playing may Let's say he got signed by the Arizona Cardinals. Let's say he got signed by the Arizona Cardinals. How is that a win-win situation? But if people want to know if he wants to play, all you got to do is pick up the phone and bring him in for a workout. Talk. Hey, that's the thing. I'm curious. To me, I'm like, at this point, as far as we've gone with this, like, how does he not look like a sellout putting on an NFL uniform at this point? Cardi B. Cardi B did it. Hey, Cardi B said, I'm going to perform <laughs> right, outside the Super Bowl. We got to go, man. We Peace, fella. Next week. All right. All right. <laughs> Yo, Why would you want to play? Tobias might as well just get co-host status, man. He'll be on the phone for like 10 minutes. We got another call on the line, man. Let's get to John out in Santa Monica. John, welcome to the war room. John. How you guys doing? All right. Good. How are you? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I hear you talking about the Lakers. You're talking about Kaepernick. I'm just hopping on both. I think uh, yeah. with Kaepernick, because I, I because mean, Tobias look. always calls in and just starts us on new topics that we weren't even talking on. But do you whatever you want to talk about, man? What, what, what's on your mind? No, I, mean, I could I I could definitely talk about Kaepernick quick. I mean, I I think at this point, man, the upside of the upside of him playing is not that high because look he could go out there and yes if he does really really well then then great people will be like I can't believe that this guy wasn't in the in the league but at this point any educated person should understand that with Blake Bortles quarterbacking a team with all of these garbage backup quarterbacks that exist it was never about whether Colin Kaepernick was a superstar in the league he was fine like he had a good run but it it was more he was clearly better than the vast majority of you know maybe 20 percent of the starting quarterbacks and 100 percent of the backup quarterbacks like he deserved a job in the league the argument was never is Colin Kaepernick this Aaron Rodgers as a talent it's it's he is being blackballed out of the league because of his position. So it's like because of the stance he took on things. I don't think there's a lot of upside to him playing because you'll get all these stupid people making takes when he comes back and goes inevitably goes eight and eight or nine and seven or loses in the first round of the playoffs or whatever that, Oh, he wasn't that good. This is like, you'll get stupid people using that as a talking point. And like, what's, what's the point? Like there really is, there's no point. I, I don't see the guy coming back and winning the Super Bowl because I don't think that was really the player he was other than that one 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 year. So I I, I don't know. I, I I like think he's made his positive mark and now 
it'll be much more difficult for any owner in any league to ever do this to a player again. And so from that sense, I think he was successful in his aim and coming back really wouldn't, I just don't think there'd be that much positive that would. No, I agree with that too. I think at this point he would be the catalyst for change and, and, you know, we wouldn't see anything like this again, but, um, yeah, I I still I just don't I, even know I, if he I, wants to play. Just, my thing is, why would you even? My thing is, why would you want to come? Why would I want to come back and give myself CTE when I've already reached iconic <laughs> yeah. status without, without doing anything on the field? Like, we're we're looking at it, and and I understand your perspective completely. I, I do, and I I I get it. But if he's a competitor, assuming that he has a com- competitive spirit. Then he wants to play his sport at some level. He wants to play his sport. I guess that that would be why he would consider coming back, not for any other I reason. I get, but you also yeah. have to be smart about it. And like you said, you know what's the upside? The upside, you know, is you got to weigh everything. I just don't see this being that big of an upside. Like you said, I mean, that's the perfect to put it. There isn't the biggest. It's and also, a lot of people will look at you coming back as if you you, you sold up what you what you stood for in the first place. Well, at this point, yeah. it's just better to continue to you doing what you're doing, and you know, and you and when the history of the game is told, they're going to mention his name. Yeah. So, anyways, and then on um, on uh, on the other topic that you guys were talking about, I am uh, a Lakers fan, diehard for a long time. This LeBron. This team is this. It's it's starting to remind me of like the last three years of Kobe, except this one really. Even though I know people are trying to kind of blackball LeBron, making it difficult for the Lakers to get people, I just do not get this one as much as I got the Kobe one. Like Kobe was after that Achilles injury was washed, and like before that Achilles injury was not someone who you'd go to a team to play with because defensively he was running he was like he was running on fumes he was a top 10 player in the league mostly by reputation at that point lebron is without a doubt still like even at the most extreme argument you could make the third best player in the league and in my opinion is still the best player in the in the entire league i mean like this all like it's been this crazy downhill spiral since Paul George did not sign with the Lakers. I'm trying to think back to when the Lakers were healthy. You know, a lot of people are forgetting that they were the four seed. They were they were a yeah, they were in they fourth were place in the title. Um, LeBron got hurt on Christmas, and they you know then everyone started to get hurt. They kind of uh, spiraled downward. It's, they they need to make the playoffs and not concede this season because if they don't like in order for their team to be worth anything these young guys need to have the chance to actually prove their value so that lebron could trade them all obviously but (laughs) (laughs) which i'm fine with to be straight up like i mean like i am fine with doing any of these deals but like these guys need to prove that like we need Ingram, we need Lonzo, we need Kuzma to actually stand up and show value so that you can go out and, and trade these guys. Who, for Kuzma, Kuzma is valuable. It's the rest of them still. But you, but you know what it is, though? And, and, and 
first of all, about this first of all, John and, also, and Jimmy, John and Jimmy have a lot in common because he sounds like Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know John, no, Jimmy no, I, is I, I, a, a Lakers fan also, and he I'm he's the same fan. way. He's like, hey, make the deal, get rid of him. So what? <laughs> get rid of him. But but here's what I know. Like, and it looks like, um, you know. These guys are, are young, not only like literally young, but this just mentally like they can't deal with all this. Like the pressure that LeBron brings, because as much as people say it's not about winning a championship right now, like LeBron James goes on the court, it's about winning a championship, whether you want to say it or not. And these guys just don't be, uh, they don't seem to be able to deal with the pressure. And we all had questions when they put this lineup together to begin with because. It didn't even. It, it was a weird lineup. Like, like, I mean, the, the young guys, the young guys, Ray you can't Rondo deal with that Lance pressure Stevenson. though. That's why they all get shot out when LeBron comes to town. His team turns into a veteran team. Maybe a few veterans that you question, like, well, nobody wants them, but they're good enough to help LeBron out. The young guys is, generally so I, can't deal I, with that pressure. The Lakers as an organization right now, like, think about if if they didn't luck into LeBron, who was coming to them no matter what for reasons that didn't have to do with basketball. I do think it wasn't completely – I don't think he completely wrote off the basketball part, as I do think he made a big assumption. Like, this Anthony Davis plan didn't come together yesterday, right? Like, this was – they obviously yeah, thought they yeah. were going to pull something off, right? Like, this is kind of probably what he, what he thought that he was going to do. It's just the Lakers have done a really bad job of developing these players. Like, it's not a shock that D'Angelo Russell leaves their team – and starts looking like this. Like, if you just watch Ingram play, I know people are saying, oh, he's not meshing with a, a LeBron, blah, blah, blah. It's not LeBron's fault that Ingram plays like it's 1997 and he's taking, you know, 20-foot, 2-foot, like, two-point two, two jumpers. It's not LeBron's fault that Ingram should be shooting five threes a game, whether he's making them or not, and he's shooting yeah. 1.5 threes a game. Like, that's not LeBron's fault. Like, the Lakers Ingram takes some of the guy. weirdest and worst shots I've seen. Like he'll he's the kind of guy that shoots seven shots a game with his foot on the three point line. Like that has to be the most inefficient like <laughs> shot there is. Like why are you yeah, that like, far I'm out? Just, like you might as well take a step back and go for the three at this point. Like and, and I agree with you. Ingram has been getting a, a getting away for his entire career. I would even say his college career just on potential. That's the potential. only word I've always heard associated with him is his potential. But but that's. Like, at what point is it yeah, not but, potential anymore? At the same time, though, i got to be honest, and I'm not a Lakers homer by any means. I think Kuzma is actually a useful NBA player, but he is what he is. I don't think he's going to get that much better. I think he's a great offensive weapon. Defensively, mm-hmm. you're seeing he's a liability right now. Um, Lonzo, yeah. I'm actually a little higher on Lonzo other than the fact that I think he's it's it's like Lonzo. I, I almost feel bad for because he's, well, he's well, pretty good he on defense. Everything. He plays defense. Yeah, he's well, a great I was about player. to say. I agree, B. And I you hear me say the same thing all the time. Like everybody's excited about Kuzma because scoring is exciting. I still think Lonzo has the biggest upset of anybody. Uh, what kills me about Lonzo though is that what kills me about Lonzo is that like. LeVar Ball, I try and separate myself out from because, like, what he says is funny as long as you don't take it seriously and no one else takes it seriously. But, like, when you actually watch Lonzo game after game, he doesn't have great 
dribbling ability and he can't really finish and he doesn't have a, a mid-range game. Those are where he needs to work on things. But the thing that stands out almost most about Lonzo is he's mentally weak. Like he's he, he like shooting 45% at the line is not because he doesn't have talent or that he can't shoot 85%. It's because he gets nervous at the line. And so like when LeVar goes out and claims he's better than LeBron, it's like you should know your son and know you're placing a pressure on a kid signs of like not being able to handle this, not being mentally tough enough to handle this and you're making it tougher on him. So like, that's another thing. But Ingram, the thing that worries me is that his value right now, I would argue in his entire career has never been lower. And if the right team gets a hold of him is still young enough, they can just say, Hey man, you know what? Every time you take a two point jumper, like from 15 plus feet or whatever, we're pulling you like, you take threes and you take jumpers from within 15 feet. And like Ingram can be elite defensively. I, I just worry we're going to throw Ingram into a package like he's Kuzma and he's going to actually become good on a team that develops him properly, which I guess is what it is. If we get the right return for him, it's fine. But I don't think we're going to get the right return for him at this, at this, at this point. Like, and We'll see. I mean, I, I came into this Lakers season really excited, and I'm just kind of – honestly, I'm a little depressed now because we're not – I don't think we're going to get any of the major free agents. Like, I honestly think where this is heading is Boogie Cousins, which is pretty depressing. Mm. That's probably like, yeah, I think this is ending with Boogie. In- which, which after injury, after I, an Achilles I've been, injury, I've been waiting it for doesn't so long. have the same cachet as as um, well, Anthony it's, Davis. It's better than nothing, but like <laughs> oh, Lakers yeah. fans were here, like we're gonna have Paul George and Kawhi, and they're gonna trade Jesus to our team. But this 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 actually started. This actually started years ago. I always joke about the fact that I remember that one that one season when uh, when LeBron and Wade and Bosh went to Miami, we were supposed to get all of them back then, and we ended up with Jeremy Lin. Since it's not necessarily since the Chris Paul trade, because after the Chris Paul trade, we did still pull off Nash and Dwight Howard, which was still very exciting in the season that happened, but that was a disaster. Since then, I mean, like, I just. I'm 32 years old. I had it real easy as a Lakers fan. <laughs> this is yeah. this has been a this has been a like a real real dark six seven years. Trying times for you guys. Like, trying times. Uh, I'm trying to remind myself that like look, clutch represents a decent amount of players. I I I don't think it's hopeless yet, but like. If the Lakers don't pull off a free agent signing of either, like, really, I mean, I hate to say it, Kawhi, Durant, or Kyrie, I don't really know what they do because I, I think Boston's going to get David. Like, if if the Pelicans want Tatum, like, at least for, yeah, but the, the problem with, if if um, if James was, was 28, I think we'd have all the leverage in the world to get Davis. But, like, because LeBron is 36, it will be 36 by the time Davis is a free agent. In order to have the cap space to sign Davis, you need to do this one-year deal crap again. Once again, you can 
sign Boogie to a giant one-year deal that I think might be possible and try and roll it over again. But, like, you can't just toss away LeBron. Like, probably the only two elite years LeBron is going to have left and then be like, all right, like, Anthony Davis and 36-year-old LeBron are going to win this. I mean, my, my, like, main hope of all of this is honestly that and I don't believe the Knicks can actually pull this off because there's no reason for me to think that they can, given that they never have done anything successful ever. But, like, I hope that they do actually get Durant, and I do hope that they get, like, Kyrie Irving, because Durant just needs to – like, the good thing about Durant leaving is that I think the Warriors can only re-sign Boogie for up to 125% of what they pay him. There's no way Boogie's signing for a $7 million deal, so he's out. If, if, like, Kevin Durant goes to the Knicks, then at the very least, like, the NBA becomes more interesting than just trades, right? Because right now, as interesting as it is, all these superstars jumping around, we know who's winning the title. Whereas if Durant goes right. to the Knicks and Boogie leaves the Warriors, at the very least, like, I could talk myself into, like, Lonzo, Ingram getting better, them having Boogie, LeBron, and, like, maybe them pulling it out against the Warriors in a series. I could talk myself into the Celtics winning a title or the 76ers winning a title or the Rockets winning a title. It just makes the league actually interesting, and these moves mean something. So if anything yeah, that's exactly season, what we need. Really we, we just need Kevin Durant. Durant to leave and loosen yeah, up the, exactly. the power over there, and, and it, it'll definitely get interesting. But, John, we got to go, but – we really enjoyed Thanks, your guys. call, man. Uh, we're here yeah, every week at the same points, time. Make sure you uh, call in and talk to us sometimes. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, no problem. <laughs> now, I made uh, he made some some really good points. Like I said, on some, a lot of the points he sound like Jimmy. Like, look, Jimmy argues with fellow Laker fans all day, every day about you know them not wanting to break up their youth. And their young core and all that. Jimmy, like, man, get some dudes out of here. <laughs> Let's make it happen. But speaking of the Lakers, yeah, though, much. Um, our, our stat of the week, um, it, it revolves around the Lakers as well. Um, with their Lake, with their record currently at 28 and 29, one game under 500, this is the first time that a LeBron James-led team had a, had a losing record at least 40 games into a season since 2003-2004, which was his rookie season when the Cavs finished 35-47. and um, So it's basically been a long time since LeBron James has been in this position. I'm the thought, like, I'm not 100% sure that they're going to make enough of a run to make the playoffs, but I'm not counting them out by any stretch, man. They get a little bit healthy. You know, they could be grasping for one of those final seeds. But this is like uncharted territory we, uh, for LeBron James. We actually got a question. We got a question on our IG um, at Portia the King asked a question, and we wanted to get our opinion that if LeBron James started his career in the West, would he still be in the GOAT conversation um, considering he wouldn't have all those trips to the finals? Um, probably, I don't know, man. Probably not. We, we we can we can ponder that we we can ponder that on a different show. We can we can talk about that another show. Cause, yeah. But I just <laughs> we'll make it a topic. No. Um, the next week will be a little slow no. anyway because the NBA, you know, that most of those teams aren't even going to come back till next Thursday and Friday from the break. So it's definitely something that we could talk about. Um, that's a very good question though, man. 
um, things because a lot of a lot of superstar careers are what they are because of the path and the road that it took to do the things that you know that the person ended up doing. That's that's a good question, man. We we definitely got to get back to you on that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So real quick though, before we get into these quick topics of what happened while y'all were on the grind. Y'all know the drill. Y'all can uh, check out our website at warroomsports.com. And if you want to call in and speak with us about any NBA topics, anything to do with All-Star Weekend or anything like that, hit us, 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. All right, then what, what happened this week? Yeah, sir, it's time to talk about what happened while you were on the grind. And this is brought to you by the book. I'll be very brief. Sports the Book is the greatest sports book ever written, and you can find it at sportsthebook.com and warroomsports.com. But you got to want to talk about things that happened this past week while you were on the grind. Uh, we talked we talked a little bit about the brother. Yeah. I think I hit that twice. Yo, that was. Yo, I'm about to say, yeah, like, they, yo, somebody, they type on, like, 400 words. Hey, um, <laughs> yo, um, a Colorado store um, wanted to protest on Kaepernick, so they decided they weren't supporting Nike at all because of Nike's uh, affiliation with Kaepernick. So they pulled the Nike uh, paraphernalia off their, off their shelves, and the uh, store uh, went out of business. <laughs> so... Is, is, this, is, this, is this about Kaepernick at all Or just about Nike's dominance In the sports apparel market yes. Yo, This is about dumb about dumb white supremacy yes. Alright I don't know if y'all remember I remember this story I remember this guy being so upset Yeah I do too He said he was going to sell off the rest of his Nike inventory and he was going to order No more and he was going to do business without it Um because, you know, the Colin Kaepernick ad that he was mad about basically says, um, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. So this dude believed in his ignorant ass beliefs, sacrificed everything, <laughs> and now he no longer has a business. And he's still not, you know, he's not budging at all. He talks like he has no regrets. He said he knew the boycott would hurt, the Nike boycott. He said, being a sports store without Nike is like being a gas station without gas. So he already knew how stupid he was. But he yeah, took yeah, Colin Kaepernick's yeah, advice. Yeah. Believe in something, <laughs> even if you're sacrificing everything. He said, this was never about property to me. This was about principle. Um, he said, the boycott was about principle over profit. And even though he lost the revenue, you know, the, even though the lost revenue played a role in his decision to close the store, He's still absolutely glad he did it. He said, you don't trample over the men who have given Colin Kaepernick and me the right to free speech. So he's still one of those people who, no matter what's been said, no matter how many times it's been explained to him, he's still going to use that BS, you know, you're disrespecting the military. So he's saying Kaepernick trampled over the people that give them the right to free speech. And respect to everybody who's in the military and do what they do, whether it's for country, whether it's for paycheck, whether it's for a way out, whatever your reasons may be, respect to you. But can, can we go ahead with this cliche? 
Like, they, nobody in uniform gives me Dev, a right Dev, to do Dev, what I do. Like, come on, man. Dev, like, respect, respect to the uh, respect to the servicemen that told Kaepernick to take a knee. Respect to him. Right, right, right. He was he was giving the the suggestion of how to actually violent protest by somebody in a service. Millions of service people have come out saying we're not going to buy it. Like, it has nothing to do with us. Some people, because of their ignorant beliefs, they don't care what anybody says. <laughs> they, they, they need a reason to be upset. They feel that they have a legitimate reason to be upset. And now you're breaking up, bro. Uh, you're breaking up. I uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I can't imagine yeah. trying to run a sports apparel store without selling Nike, though. Like he he made the great analogy, like having a gas station without gas. Like boy gave a killer analogy, um, talking about killing himself. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. he swallowed them he bullets. Yeah, now you know, I ain't got no business himself. no more. <laughs> boy, 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 made the fire analogy. So basically, when you when you take a step back, what you're saying is he he said <laughs> I tried to run the gas station without selling gas. Yeah, you already know. So you know, don't no more bugs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now we gotta talk about uh, B. Austin's favorite boxer of all time, uh, as he calls Floyd, Funny Money Mayweather. <laughs> no, Gabe. I'm sure you heard you a black you know, they, they had the black tape sweater, and you know a lot of prominent artists dropping them. You know, Man, listen, I don't got nothing against nobody. Really. Um, my thing is this: support everybody. Everybody. My thing is this: I have to live life and do and do what I like to do. Not no follower. I do what the fuck I want to do. Right. Uh, because everybody say, uh, wear this or don't wear this. I'm wearing what the fuck I want to wear. Well, I'm about to go in the Gucci. Were you disrespected at all by the whole black thing? I'm about to go in the Gucci. Now, I saw you dropped that light 40 on you know, at that uh, tournament the other day. Stop. Yeah. That game. Oh, yeah, but you see, we've been in there shopping today. Like, oh, man. Hey, you're, you're not worried about the backlash at all. Let's go to get you back. Oh, I'm living life, man. I'm living life. Because, you know, like, people like T.I. told me they're done with Gucci. All I gotta say is this: I don't follow. Right. I do what I want to do when I want to and how I want to. I love him like everybody. Right, right. You said it. So that's your man. Um. Yeah, he later went on to say, "Boycott. I'm gonna be a boy on a yacht." <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I mean, we know Yo. we we've known, you know, for at least the 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 most part of the last decade at least. Floyd Mayweather has been about nothing in life but the dollar. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, if that's how you run your life, that's cool. You know, that's how I thought when I was like 18 years old. I kind of grew out of that. Um, I mean, he he doesn't stand for anything. I don't, I don't think anybody expects him to stand for anything. Yeah. But this is just him out there being loud and ignorant as, as you know, what we're used to hearing. And there's always going to be people out there still making excuses for him because I saw it. I thought this would have been the one because anybody else who does this, you know, everybody's dragging them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's a certain few out there who got that, that fan base that's always going to make excuses. And I was reading people making excuses for Floyd. <laughs> Listen, man, so for me, for me, it's just like I don't have an expectation from him, so it didn't bother me at all because – there, there's always going to be those. Like, there, there's always going to be those people, right? It's just, it's, it's him talking that like that. It just, 
further proof why Ali has always been the greatest and always will be the greatest. Because at the end of the day, man, like what you do with that position you've been given, you have God given talent. You work, you know, no one's ever going to take that away from it. But what did you do with that position of power, man? Shout out to Uncle Ben, man. He told y'all, man, with great power comes what? Great responsibility. Great responsibility. He just want to go. He just want to go in the yeah. man. So you know, go in the goofy. I'm follow. not mad if you do. Do you? you ain't like, following Uncle Ben. You ain't following Uncle Tom. <laughs> y'all didn't. Y'all didn't. Y'all didn't come. Y'all didn't come to me on this subject because y'all know that I have nothing productive to say and positive about this human being. Yo. No, we just saved you for life. Yo. <laughs> Whenever your ancestors, either one of either one of you, whenever your ancestors were escaping off of the plantation, assuming that they wanted to get on that underground railroad, it was one of Floyd's ancestors that told he snitched. You know, <laughs> and the crazy part is like, again, like just using history. If you if you go back and you hear some of the things, and I, and I just read a book, shot to the, I brought up last show on um, the Blood Brothers book. But you go back and you listen to some of the things that Sonny Liston or Floyd uh, Floyd Patterson said about Muhammad Ali. I mean, some of the same rhetoric. I'm I'm, I'm gonna do what I want to do. I know I know for a fact that Sonny Liston was a coon. He was on the coon train. <laughs> <laughs> but my my whole point is this, though, man. Listen, I don't get mad at cats no more because I mean history is gonna tell your story, yeah. dog. Like I yeah, I just I think people got highly upset at this. Yeah, I saw Sonny people listen fought, fought with a conch. He had a conch. So we know what he was. Yo, yo, you talk about Floyd. No, Floyd Patterson had the man, Sonny Listen was the big bear looking boy. But anyway, oh, um was cool. Yeah, but but I know you're talking about though. Floyd had the conch. He yo, he had a conch with like a a Jeff in the front. Like he had like he had his joint style. But that's either here nor there, man. The bottom is Stalin on mad at Floyd and all that. I, I just support those that, that support what I support. But for those who don't, I don't get mad at them no more, man. Look, God is still working. Cool train is coming. Cool train is coming. What about black on black? Greatest song ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know Floyd has said that before, yeah. too, right? What about black? Yes, he has. And yeah, he was Floyd has said that before. Movie. When we talked about the police, he, 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 out, said, he said, but all this black on black crime, I'm like, damn, Floyd. Yo, he's actually <laughs> said that. He's, also, <laughs> he's just the he epitome. Also, he also was anti Kaepernick, and he said, all lives matter, not just black lives. <laughs> um, yo. So, yo, have you, ever, have you ever run in? I know y'all run into the people that are in the hood with you that hate themselves so much. That they believe that 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 all of y'all deserve all of this police violence. That's him. That's Floyd. Yeah, definitely. Floyd, yeah. Listen, man. So so himself. So speaking of uh, I don't that's know why all his booze, anyway. all his booze and bays look like white women. Never mind, man. Go ahead. See, but my, thing, my whole thing about Floyd and this whole Gucci thing. Okay, man. If 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 those are your if you don't care, you know what I'm saying? Because it's not. For, you know, nobody's forcing everybody to care. You know what I'm saying? But why be loud, ignorant? Just say, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I, I don't, you know, I don't know much about that because you, you already started off saying that, like, oh, we're supposed to be doing that. Well, I ain't no follower. He just got real militant with, <laughs> you know, when dude told him what the situation was. Just real say, militant you know, I'm with good. 
cool. It's like you make it worse. I haven't checked today, but their company's price was up when all went on, by the way. Um, And probably because Gucci, this whole design, I don't even know if it came out, but they got more publicity over the last, like, couple weeks, and I think um, they've been talked about. Jimmy, it probably wasn't even a real sweater. <laughs> it was a marketing I know, it probably didn't exist. Meanwhile, all, all mm-hmm. them Italians went out and copped, they copped up. Meanwhile, you know, so mm-hmm. my during, thing, man, I can't be bad. Listen, man, everybody, everybody, everybody can't have the same um, ethics that I have, and I get that. So my whole thing is, I just like I said, I just support those that support what I like, and and people like him, I just you know put them put them over there, put them on the train. Anyway, man. Um, I'm supposed to be mad at that. Duke University. Duke University. You know, you might get, you remember the legend at Duke University, Corey Maggetti? Well, he's been Corey accused Spaghetti. of raping somebody in 19, 1999. They say he took yams. So, um, no. you know, his dirty, his dirty come back out there just like everybody else. The interesting they part about this him. is. The woman who's accusing him now, 20 years later, of rape is the second accuser of Virginia Lieutenant Governor uh, Justin Fairfax. Um, We heard the rumblings of this about a week ago before the player was ever named. They were saying when, you know, Justin, she was raped by a, a Duke basketball player in 1999. They brought that up to tell us that she and Justin Fairfax were friends and he was one of the only people that she allegedly confided in about this sexual assault and she said he used it against her to take advantage of her himself saying and Yo. and she she says he actually said this to her when when she asked why would he do that to her he said because of the other situation I knew that you wouldn't tell it's starting to sound a little crazy. Now, because who got that kind of heart? It, like, if that's true, he's the worst kind of person. He's the worst kind of human being. If that's true, right? <laughs> so, but you know, slippery, slippery slopes here. So yep. we don't know because that that whole situation with the Virginia governorship that snowballed quick. Like, nobody, everybody forgot that the white dude was in blackface and with the Klan real quick. Yeah, because <laughs> all the yeah. dirt. They just started throwing yeah. the dirt on the other dude. Shout out, and you know what, Jeff? It Nick was Cannon. one of those things that we always talk about when people are at their highest moment. Like this dude, Justin Fairfax, was about to be elevated to the governorship. And then all of a sudden, you know, they started kicking dirt on his name. So when they originally said a basketball player in 1999, I went to the roster. I was a little nervous for my 76 because I'm like the, the only person. Was Elton. Yeah, the only person that's on fire right now from that team is Elton Brand. So I'm like, somebody about to tear him, somebody about to get him, roof him right on his, you know, his biggest moments uh, at, at his new gig. And it ended up being Corey uh, Maggetti. And shout out to, to William Avery because um, I was judging you and I was sure it was you. <laughs> because y'all remember no. William Avery, he, no. like, he kind of like abruptly – Declared for the draft back then and left school, and people were like, "Yo, you're not even that good yet." And so I just, I just put two and two together and judged him and assumed that it was him. Yeah, you thought he had to get out of here. Yo, so you think you think that Corey McGetty really did this, but they trying to make him a political prisoner like um, Bill Cosby? (laughs) 
Nah, Jello pudding pop. Jello, yo, Jello pudding pop. He did it. Be Austin, be Austin. I'm not, I'm not serious, be Austin. They, I don't know. I'm about to say, he about to get, they, they, he about to start preaching. No, on they, you. They, they, interviewed, <laughs> they interviewed, they interviewed Bill Cosby, and Bill Cosby said that he's a political prisoner. He's like, um, um, Gandhi and um, Martin Luther King. Yo, well, the only reason the only reason I was about to go in and Dev knows why is because I'm he locked like, in battle. Purple M3s with, with jet skis. <laughs> with a zombie. Yo, with a zombie that said that Bill Cosby no, never did I see, anything I, I, wrong. I, I, with I, see his life. I see y'all back and forth. I see y'all back and forth on Facebook. I just don't say nothing. Yeah, I, see I do too. I, I mean, I see it. I, I see. I, I see you be bringing up a lot of sharp points. Don't even ask how. But listen, um, all, all I'm gonna say is this. <laughs> Bar. All I'm gonna say is this. All I'm gonna say is this though. Um, something's wrong with your man, Bill. First, he's walking around calling himself Heathcliff. Now he's comparing himself to political. And and he was actually working on patients. First of all, Heathcliff Huxtable. First of all, Heathcliff Huxtable was a gynecologist. So what are you working on? Yo, like, what are you doing? Hold up, Bill. Hold up, Bill. The sad part. The sad part man. is. The sad part Stop, is man. like. Let's just say that let's just say that he does railroad it. The fact that we laughing the way we are and we're genuinely laughing means they won all right, y'all. True. They won. They won. But y'all know I, I got somebody I got somebody in the same facility. I'm about to ask some questions on my next letter. <laughs> I'm gonna get the lowdown. Because we going on all these reports. I'm gonna get the scoop of what's really happening in there. Yo, what's that with the political prisoner, man? That political prisoner, man, man. Political oh, prisoner set free, yeah. stress free. No work release, purple and trees yeah, and Bill Cosby says he's one of the solid dad brothers, man. Hey, listen, um, you gotta move on. You gotta move on. Yo, all right, yeah, let me give some quick birthday shout-outs. And birthday shout-outs are not brought to you by any specific sponsor. So if you got a small business and you want to, you know, sponsor the birthday segment on our show every week, holler at us. Info at warroomsports.com. Call us. Um, anyway, uh, quick birthday shout-outs, man. Shout-out to another Pennsylvania legend, uh, Richard Hamilton. Rip turns 41 years old. Uh, Tyus wow. Edney of UCLA Bruins fame is 46 years old. Uh, Drew Bledsoe used to be one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league back in his prime. Drew Bledsoe is 47 years old. Man, if Drew didn't get hurt, like, would we really know who Tom Brady is at this point? Or we talking about LeBron, the past that people go to, like, their their career it depends on just the things that happen, man. Listen, man, it was written, man. God's plan. It it was it was definitely written. Um, George Mirasan turns forty eight years old. Slew footed fucker. Twenty years. His body been been that old. Um, Jim Kelly, one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, the greatest runner up of all time. Uh, he turns fifty nine. And we definitely want to give a, a nice rest in peace birthday shout out to Steve Air McNair, who was born uh, February fourteenth, nineteen seventy three, and he tragically died July fourth, two thousand nine. So we want to give all of these folks a, a, a nice rest shout out on their the birthday. God, man. Yay! Peace. Rest in power to the God Air McNair, man. Who, man. Mm. 
And he also, yeah, he also like, you know, he, he sacrificed his life. So y'all do know to be careful around them young youngs. Yeah, yeah, yeah he got caught pieces, man. He's in a plastic bag. <laughs> you got to exercise a little more control over your side, Jones. Anyway, R.I.P. <laughs> to the homie Steve Air, man. Um, usual. Y'all can check out the website, worldroomsports.com. If you want to call in, we're about to talk a little bit of uh, NBA All-Star Weekend for the remaining 20 minutes of the show. Y'all know the number, 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to holler at us. Hoops time. It's definitely time to talk about this thing of ours. And that is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business website? Well, here's what you do. You go to digitalextremetech.com or you call 267-205-4203. And you will get hooked up if you say, yo, Warm Sports sent me. You know, they'll give you the hookup. So make sure you call 267-205-4203 or go to digitalextremetech.com. But it's time to talk about this thing of ours. First thing we got to do is uh, give our players of the week. Bolton <clears throat> Bogdanovich has been out here putting in kinds of work, uh, I guess since they missing their best player, he had to like step his game up, and he has done so. Um, in the West Con- Western Conference, we got the man with two first names, Paul George, who is continuing his streak, and he's just on fire right now. He's playing at Better. another level to the point Better where people are, people are saying that his his uh, skill set and what he's doing. OKC is better than anything Durant ever did for OKC, which is a bit much. People don't even wait for things to happen now. It's like, yo, I got to be the first to like take this this hot take. No, no. And then people, are taking, people are taking hot takes too far. They take lava takes now. They just be like, I'm, I'm, I'm a <laughs> No, lava is volcano. They just create their own island out of nothing. No, <laughs> I think the biggest hot take, the biggest hot take I saw the other day was uh. Man, um, Jason Chitlock said basically that the reason LeBron James fails is because he's a, he's an only child. I was like, yo, yeah. yo, way too far. Wait, your man, um, another one of LeBron's boys. What's his name? The um, black dude, light skin boy that talk loud. Not Stephen A, but the other boy. Um, um <clears throat> what's his name? The boy that played, the, the boy that played with him. No, not not Windhorse. Um, or I don't know if he played with him. Windhorse went to high school with him. I, I forgot the dude. He said he after the Sixers Celtics game. He said there's no way this year, no way, no how that the Sixers have a chance of beating the Celtics in a um in a seven game series. Oh, oh, you talking about uh? Are you talking about you talking about the boy that broke from Fox now? What's his name? The little uh. The little yeah. dude that used to be ESPN, little light yeah. skin boy, Chris yeah. Broussard. Scoop Broussard. Yeah. Oh, Something yeah, like I that. that. I mean, the, the thing is, you know, Boston, like we said, they 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 own space in in the Sixers' head. But you come up with that because he was one of the guys when they made the trade. Oh, the Sixers are the favorites. Blah blah blah. So after one game with the Celtics, when the team has been together for three days, it's like. You're making that bold of an assumption. Like, even if 
even if you to say like I can say as a Sixers fan, I, I could say something like, man, if we play the Celtics in the in the in the playoffs, I might have to favor the Celtics in that series. But after one game, which was only decided by like That's three okay. points. On some bad nine calls at the end of the game for you to say no way, no how Listen, man, can they beat this up? Like hot takes, hot takes, man. <laughs> See, this is the problem. With, this is the problem with um, sports media. Like, and some would probably include us in that because there's so much <clears throat> sports media. I mean, for Christ's sake, I went to iTunes and there's probably about six hundred thousand sports podcasts at this point. So it's like people are talking about the same thing. What they try to do, they try, they have an amazing hot take. Like sure 14 when we started. Yeah, pretty much. Now it's like 14 million. But listen, they, so now they, they go above and beyond to create, like, craziness. Like, I'm telling you, that joke about LeBron being the only child, like, died laughing so hard. Like, yo, what are they talking about? They're just trying, they're just trying to say that Noah, Noah was talking about this. We're comparing uh, you know, only childhood to the. But you know, you know what uh, White Lot like to do. So he's going to think of something. Yeah, 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 to say. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so Bo, Bojan Bogdanovic um, helped lead the, the Pacers to a 4-0 week. Man, as a Sixers fan, that really sucks. <laughs> you thought they were just going to totally fall off the cliff after your man got hurt. He averaged 22.5 points um, on 53.8% shooting. He shot 46.4% from the three-point line. Um, and that was his week. The crazy part about it is sometimes in the East, it seems like they don't want to just give that award. And I think it's because of mostly because of the win losses. They had an undefeated team, so you had to find somebody. Because obviously, yeah. you know, other than the twenty-two and a half points, he didn't do anything but shoot well because they would have had it up here. Yeah. But um, in the West, PG thirteen averaged thirty-seven points, eight rebounds, two point six seven steals. And the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder went three and zero for that week, so we'll see. Yeah, how this and goes. The NBA right now is like it, it, it's it's like a video game. There's there's several streaks going on. So James Harden, his thirty point game streak is at thirty one at this point. Russell Westbrook right. has a triple double streak at ten, and you know because which you broke a record. The Knicks, they, they both broke records the Knicks, for what they're doing. Yeah. The Knicks have a uh, going on too, the Austin, and that's um they lost eighteen straight. Um, so bums. Like, so my question is, which streak is most impressive or unimpressive? Like, and which will be the hardest to maintain? Is it scoring thirty this many times in a row? Or, to me, the triple double is still it though. Triple double. I gotta I gotta go with the triple well, double. Can I get can I can I make a point though because I'm I've. I think they're doing it again because I find it hard to believe that Wilt Chamberlain didn't score 30 points 31 times in a row. But shout out to Hank because Hank, he he talked about that in the chat room earlier in the uh, group chat, how it's like they, they, they come up with these stats and they just exclude Wilt because any any stat conversation you're going to come up with, he's going to be on it. He's going to be at the top of it. So at this point, they're just giving dudes records with, ex, you know, excluding Wilt in the process. So they said he, you know, 31 straight 30-point games. I mean, dude averaged 50 in a season. I find it hard to believe that. Average 50, you know, how 30, 30 straight times? <laughs> yeah. 
Either way, let me answer because, Jimmy's question. Because he probably scored 20 the night after he scored 100, and he still ended up averaging. Let me ask you a question. The, the crazy part about this and the reason why that question is even necessary is because these dudes make it look so easy that people are starting to devalue what they're doing. It's hard as hell to score 30 points 31 straight times, 30-plus points. And it's definitely hard as hell to get 10 straight triple-doubles. That's that's crazy. Like, we've heard people basically – there's been a lot of people that just devalues totally the, the triple-double now because Russell Westbrook has averaged it for two seasons in a row. When most people were asked, fans, players, former players, executives, when you used to ask what stat or what feat would never be accomplished again. I heard averaging a triple double like Oscar Robertson more than anything out ever, there. Ever. Even even the hundred point game by Wilt, that was always like second um to to what I used to hear when people would answer that question. Now that Russell Westbrook has done it two times in a row, people act like it's easy, but I'm like, okay, if it's easy and we're gonna devalue it now, why is he still the only person who's done it? Since Oscar did it like 165 years ago, this is what I don't understand. Like, I think for us to devalue it, at least three or four people would have had to do it. <laughs> but yeah, it's not like that. Like, one dude is doing it, and he might do it for three straight years. And and so I'm I'm with Jimmy. I I think I I still think it's the triple doubles, man. Ten straight games well, of tri- triple doubles. Harden starts the game off with 12 points anyway, so let's just let's just be honest. <laughs> in my in my highest voice, let's be let's be honest here. He starts and the Harden game off with at 12 this point points. is going to shoot until he gets 30. It's easier yeah, to pad your scoring I'm stats than to pad your triple double stats. You got to do everything. The triple double is definitely the more difficult one. But you know, Russ is also the one of the most hated guys in the league, which is interesting because everybody. From an from an athletic standpoint, I've heard football players, basketball players, ex player, everybody say how much they admire him for his intensity. Everybody brings up the same thing, yo. This dude plays hard every play. Um, but a lot of basketball fans can't stand the guy, and a lot of that to me really isn't about him. It's about their love for uh, for you know. I think it's County about zone. KD. Yeah, it's really about PG <laughs> County's own. Because these two dudes are going to be tied at the hip, and there'll be several documentaries and 30s about them in the future. Um, you know, but you know, shout to Harden too, and shout to uh, shout to the Knicks for losing 18 straight because you are. Yeah, a that's channel. hard to do too. That's really hard to do. But I would think in this instance, that's the easiest thing to do. When you garbage, you garbage. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to get a win, but still. But the Knicks 18 are straight, so the Knicks that's are hard so to do in, that, in a professional. Is that league. with all the moves they made? They don't get any free agent. It wouldn't even shock me. It would be funny, but it wouldn't even shock me because they're just like terribly the ran from top to bottom. They're <laughs> terribly ran from top to bottom. I saw a story today that talked about like Giannis. Giannis was playing in a in Greece, and how um, he was such a hot prospect that twenty nine of the thirty NBA teams came to talk to him. Only one team wasn't aware and didn't come talk to him. And guess what <laughs> team that was? The oh. New York Knicks. How does how does the entire world of basketball know about him? But you like what are you doing over there? Anyway, New York shit um, kebabs. <laughs> <laughs> moving on, man. Yeah, well, how do you not even go scouting? Come on, man. 
Jackass. Yeah, like, come on, man. Like, yo, 29 other teams there. You wouldn't think that, yo, why is everybody going over there to see this boy? What are they, they going to go see? Let me go see. <laughs> come on, man. Well, come they, on, they, man. Like, anyway. they like Floyd. They're like, we ain't followers. <laughs> I do what I want, when I want. I'm following. Yo, Dolan about to be on the yacht. Dolan got to get out of here for his own good, man. They got to get him out of there. Sheesh, no, yo, I'm cool with him. He, he be spending his time as playing a, playing um music. As a rival fan, hey, yeah. I'm cool with Dolan. Free Dolan. Ty, you like you, you like free Dolan. <laughs> yeah, keep yo, him there. Um, we talked about how LeBron has a lot going on this season, man. Shout out, shout out to uh, Spring Entertainment, man. Um, LeBron, y'all public. Yeah, I mean, we gonna we gonna do some business, but uh, LeBron. Uh, people are saying now that it might be the first time LeBron will miss first team All NBA. He, he's been first team All NBA since 2007, So what's that about? Over a decade at this point. Mm-hmm. About um, 11, 12 years. So, so my question is, as of right now, who's your first team All NBA? If, if Bron's not on it, who's your first team All NBA? Um, I mean, LeBron still holds power to to get on there, even when he may not deserve it. But this is actually one of the first seasons out of that 11, 10, 11 years that I think he actually doesn't deserve it. Um, at this point, the forwards you got to be looking at, you got to be looking at Paul George and Giannis at this point for first yeah. team, right? It's and yeah. then there's even a question: is if LeBron makes second team because you could be looking at Kevin Durant and Kawhi. Could yeah, right. man. Bron said wow. there's nothing left for him to accomplish, man. He said eventually we all gonna die. They'll find a way though. <laughs> They'll put Bron at guard just because they know he bring the ball up a lot. <laughs> They'll find yeah. a way to get him on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that 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 was a double entendre. Like he he brings ball. Never mind. Anyway, um, <laughs> but but it, it, it's interesting though because like you know. The crazy part is before the injury, Bron was having one of his better seasons. I think Bron is also suffering from what we talked about with Russ. Bron is so good that it's like it's just normal. Dude scored thirty yeah. and forty, and it's like so what? See, but that's the thing. That's what, and and that's even what I'm, you know, kind of a point that I'm alluding to. It's like even if LeBron, even if you don't think he's worthy of first team or for that matter, second team this year, it's not because he's not playing well. He's still playing great. There's just some dudes at his position that's having spectacular seasons right now. So, you know, there's going to be an argument for at least, you know. I mean, if if Giannis and Paul George, you know, God willing, stay healthy, I don't think there's any argument there. But it's going to get interesting when you get to the second team. Giannis – Giannis is my MVP personally right now. And Paul George found a limitless pill because he's playing out of his mind. Like, I, I, we all knew Paul George would play basketball. This is, I don't even think it's debatable that this is the best Paul George we've ever seen. But Paul George, but this was the Paul George, this was the Paul George that he was heading towards before he totally destroyed his leg. Remember, yeah, but before that, be before that be summer when he destroyed his leg, like he and Bron went at it in the playoffs. Like he held yeah, his own, but you know, but like most Eastern Conference I, teams, I still, they fell I still short. Didn't see this level though. 
he's going <laughs> this year because I'm like, yo, I, who is this guy? Like, he's, he's oh, somebody he, different. Like, I don't know. He was always my dude. I was like, if he get, if he just, you know, if he just let that dog grow in him, all that. Like, yeah, but he it, got. It, he's it, one of those dudes guy, that has more skills than even most of the superstars in the league. You just need, but, you know, the intangible stuff to show up. And now it is. Yeah. But for me, for me, I think a lot of it is pressure. Like, he signed this contract. He get he's boo. They get to hang out of Chili's, the only Chili's in the OKC. So he don't have that pressure. He don't have that pressure of like, where's Paul George going to sign? Is he going to sign back in LA? What's he going to do? And, like, and he in love the with the stripper. What'd you say? Yeah, B? No, he loves. He loves. He loves His game is so smooth. He doesn't even look six eight, six nine. Like he looks like a guard. The way the way he plays, he he's definitely living up to the hype that you that you attach to him. Like he's everything advertised because Dev was his agent. Yeah, he trying to slide that in there saying I was sicing it. Shout out to DC. I didn't think it was sice game. Yeah, he's nice. Yo, I mean, and the crazy part remember, is, man, is, is, he gave Brown like 36. Playing, they were getting it in. <laughs> as amazing as he's playing, Giannis took it from here, dog. Giannis is, Giannis is, is, is from Krypton because I don't Jimmy, if I see Giannis one more time come down the lane, spin with somebody on his body and just jump up and just dunk it over the dude's head like it's nothing. Like, come on, Giannis. Yo. Stop. Giannis get like, past, Giannis get past like half court. He takes one step and then he's in the air and dunking. Yo, my man, you're stepping out, from the other free throw line. Yo, Giannis <laughs> be out there playing NBA. Yo, he be out there playing NBA Jam. Like, he he really be. It's it's amazing the kind of ground that he covers. You know, um, with one step, because it's like he takes one step and I'm like, all right, he about to, you know, what I mean, pull up or or he about to, you know, try to lean in and get a floater. Jerk Paul George because the one thing I do say is I see the NBA giving like Giannis a lot more attention in terms yeah. of like their marketing of him. Yeah, because so it actually you to... you kind of got to hear people bring it up this week. Like, has Paul George played himself into the MVP conversation? Like, you don't hear that. Yeah, much. It's like it's like either him or Harden like, are the front runners right now. And I still think it's like a like not negative, but I still think it's like. Um, you know, big city bias, and and I'm I'm one that yeah. I'm all about the big city bias, but I still think it's like that for uh, Paul George because if Paul George was putting up these kind of numbers and he played safe for the Knicks, oh my God, oh God, yeah. that's crazy, that's crazy. Yeah, big city bias. Um, real quick, because we got a couple minutes, but uh, um, a lot of people are aware that Ben Simmons um asked his team in the league, could he consult with Magic Johnson? They didn't want it to consider – it could seem like tampering because he wanted to, quote, unquote, he wanted to learn – what is it? Big – what do you say? Big guard. Big guard, big guard secrets. secrets. Big guard. I want to learn – I want to learn the hashtag big guard secrets. Um, 
So some people would say, well, Magic Johnson nah, this is, is Magic. Like, First, you got to go into the forum club, and then I, so, you know, <laughs> Magic wasn't going to get the cure, so it really don't matter. That magic, some people were saying that Magic was tampering, um, but it was no charges for Magic in the tampering situation. Yeah, um, I know the league investigated. But but you know what, Jim? The reason why it even came up, the whole tampering word, because Magic, and I don't know if Magic does this stuff on purpose. I just think Magic is not used to being a league executive. You're used to being Magic Johnson where everybody gravitates towards you. You know what I'm saying? Of course everybody's going to come to you for advice because you're one of the greatest players who, who's ever lived. He's still trying to be charismatic Magic, while forgetting that you're the president of basketball ops for for a specific team, some things you can't do. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Elton Brand put the kibosh on it. Um, he tried to talk tough on a radio station in Philly, though, um, and then he had to go back and apologize to Magic because somebody from the Sixers actually did reach out first. But Elton Brand act like, you know, Rob Palenka called him like, yeah, Ben wanted to talk to Magic. He act like that was the first contact made, and that wasn't the case. But I, I can see why a general manager would put that, you know, put the kibosh on that. First of all, he's with Clutch. <laughs> so you already know there might be a leaning Clutch towards game. going out to L.A. to play with his pops. Clutch game. Clutch um, game. Second of all, he's a Kardashian now, and I'm pretty sure – They'd rather be chilling in Calabasas than her being front row in Philly every week. There's a lot of things that, you know, could pull this dude over there. And, you know, you get Magic in his ear for a whole summer. Of course they're going to talk basketball. But Magic might be talking basketball to make him a better player for when he's wearing the purple and gold. So, no, we, we're not doing that, Magic. We're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Speaking of that, what did you guys think about LeBron in this in this All Star? We're not gonna get a chance to give all our picks, but for this All Star game, when he his team and he put a lot of clutch players, he put a lot of the clutch players on his All Star. Yo, he made like, a trade. Literally for ben trade Simmons. For <laughs> I think LeBron is holding tryouts this weekend. Personally, so I really like, think some people were saying some people were saying that he's tampering with his picks for the All Star game. What do you think about that? I, I mean, I, totally I think Brian, I mean. Bron walks that same line, but I think they know he knows exactly what he's doing, but he's making sure he does everything within the rules. Like I said, that visit to Zion Williamson. Like LeBron, like he used to do that. He went to see Steph Curry back when he was in college. It wasn't on a damn game day. That's why you knew this one was more of a business trip. But LeBron knows how that looks, but he also knows like I'm a player. So if they say something crazy, I'm, you know, I'm like I had nothing to do with that. And it's his word against whatever they try to say. But, yeah, he, he recruiting. This week. He having tryouts. He Yo, put a bunch of people on his man. team that, that's going to be free agents next season. <laughs> he's he having tryouts. Uh, shout, out to, um, shout out to Zion because he, he out there getting treated like an IG thought. He got uh, he got Sean Corey Carter pulling up at his games because he's trying to get him on rotation management. Brown representing Clutch. And Floyd Funny Money said that he getting ready to start – um, the money team sport just because he wants to represent Zion. He probably do it without a license too. He's just gonna go do it. He's just gonna go get it. Zion <laughs> gonna fall for it. But but look, this is what we'll do, man. We'll we'll uh, get our picks for all the All Star festivities, and we'll put them on our social media pages. So look out for that no doubt, before man. the festivities start to tomorrow night. 
Man, th- yo, thank everybody for joining us for another briefing in the world. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, everybody in all of our social media platforms and our group chat. Anybody shout out to Young George. To, we appreciate it. Yeah, we got we got some good calls tonight. So shout out to y'all. Those who couldn't get through, we apologize. Kitch is back here next week. We're going to talk about the NBA season, what happened in the All-Star break, you know, all that good stuff. Catch everything we do at our hub, which is warroomsports.com. Get my book at the hub, which is also warroomsports.com. Or you can get it at sportsthebook.com. But remember, everything we do in terms of content, social media, can be found at warroomsports.com. So until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against it. We'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.